Hi everyone, it's Carter. With Thanksgiving just a week away, it's the perfect time to tell you, our listeners, just how thankful we are for your loyalty and support. Because without you, none of this would be possible. I'd also like to take this opportunity to let you know we'll be taking a break next week. But don't worry, we still have something very special lined up for you. Stay tuned. In the meantime, from all of us here at ParCast, thank you again for listening and have a happy Thanksgiving. This episode includes discussions of abduction and torture that some people may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised, especially for children under the age of 13. John Vasquez found himself floating in the blackness of an unending void. Suddenly, out of the darkness figures emerged. They looked human, but then Vasquez realized he couldn't make out their faces. He froze with horror as the strangers stepped forward, their blurred features just inches from his eyes. As the hazy forms closed in on him, Vasquez screamed. Suddenly, he awoke, sweating and panting in his bed. It had been another nightmare. This wasn't the first time the mysterious men had haunted his dreams. He'd had the same vision for nearly 12 years. But that night, Vasquez realized he could finally identify them. They were the soldiers from Delta Company, 1st Battalion, 1st Infantry, squad mates from his 1977 tour at Fort Benning, Georgia. Perhaps they were trying to tell him something. Perhaps they could explain his fragmented memories of burning balls of light or the female psychiatrist's voice he still heard ringing in his ears. Maybe they could tell him what actually happened back at Fort Benning on September 1st, 1977. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is our second episode on the incident at Fort Benning in 1977. We plunged into Private John Vasquez and Commander Sergeant James Norton's first-hand accounts of an alien invasion. Both men remembered a spaceship abducting them the night of September 1st, but the military has no record of anything unusual happening. This week, we'll explore three conspiracy theories about what happened at Fort Benning. Conspiracy theory number one, extraterrestrials did invade the Georgia base and abducted soldiers. To keep it secret, the military erased the witnesses' memories. Conspiracy theory number two, the government was already experimenting on the minds of soldiers, 
but an error in the process left some victims with fake memories of an invasion. And conspiracy theory number three, an outbreak of measles on the base caused the soldiers to hallucinate an entire alien attack. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd started to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. On a warm night in September 1977, one star shined brighter than the others in the sky over Fort Benning, Georgia. As Delta Company arrived outside for a mandatory assembly, the soldiers remarked upon the strange sight. One of the 1,300 soldiers on the field was 25-year-old John Vasquez. That night, Vasquez witnessed a brilliant glowing orb swoop in on the troops and paralyze them. As the chaos ensued, an alien spaceship beamed Vasquez up. The extraterrestrials aboard brought him into an examination room, where they poked and prodded him. But once he returned to Earth, Vasquez couldn't remember a thing. He wasn't the only one. According to Vasquez, many other recruits had unexplained cases of nausea, blotchy rashes, and amnesia. Was it possible that the men had fallen ill following their mysterious contact with extraterrestrials? This brings us to our first conspiracy theory, that aliens did invade the Ford in 1977. Later, the military used psychological manipulation to erase the event from every soldier's mind. Twelve years later, in 1989, the now 37-year-old John Vasquez started remembering details about what he'd seen at Fort Benning. He recalled a massive alien attack on the base and even believed he'd been inside a spaceship. Vasquez recalled most of these repressed memories under hypnosis as he couldn't access them while conscious. 
And as we know, the veracity of memories recovered under hypnosis is questionable at best. So we'll have to take everything he remembers with a grain of salt. But what we do know is that the attack Vasquez described mirrors a classic alien encounter. According to the Mutual UFO Journal, extraterrestrial sightings often involve unidentified aircraft accompanied by intense bright lights. This sounds similar to the glowing orbs and spaceships in Vasquez's story. Typically, witnesses describe these alien ships as circular, in other words, flying saucers. They rotate as they fly through the air. Once close enough to their targets on Earth, they trap people in beams of brilliant light, paralyzing them. Many report that they are lifted aboard the vehicles and examined by unknown creatures. After they return to Earth, they become ill and often partially lose their memories of the encounter. In fact, amnesia is considered a common side effect of extraterrestrial encounters. In the early 1980s, prominent ufologist and author Bud Hopkins conducted interviews with alleged alien abductees. All of these witnesses recalled a sense of missing time after their ordeal. There were gaps in their memories that they couldn't account for. From glowing balls of light to absent memories, all of these classic signs of an abduction seem to fit John Vasquez's narrative. It's not just Vasquez who saw the attack. In 2011, Command Sergeant James Norton revealed his own memories from Fort Benning. During several radio interviews, Norton described a blitzkrieg from the skies that sounded nearly identical to Vasquez's testimony. Given this second witness, Vasquez's incredible story seems even more likely to be true. But in scenarios like Vasquez's and Norton's, we must consider the influence of confirmation bias. This is a cognitive phenomenon in which we interpret evidence in a way that confirms our established beliefs. In Vasquez's case, he could have been predisposed to think aliens abducted him. In recent years, things like glowing orbs, flying saucers, and extraterrestrial probing have become staples of extraterrestrial sightings in popular culture. When Vasquez began to remember bright lights and an examination room, his brain could have connected the dots with what he already knew about alien abductions. Perhaps he wanted to believe. So, did the invasion really happen? It's hard to say, seeing as all the proof Vasquez had was his own recovered memories. But Command Sergeant Norton had more than that. He had physical proof. Norton possessed a vital piece of the puzzle, a scrap of recovered metal from one of the alien vessels. But in Norton's case, it's difficult to affirm or deny his claims since no one else has ever seen his alien artifact. Norton has continually refused requests to view the scrap of metal. Perhaps he's merely protecting it? Or perhaps there's no alien debris at all. Since we can't see Norton's piece of debris, we'll have to rely on his story instead, and there are striking similarities between Norton and Vasquez's accounts. But two testimonies are hardly sufficient for an event supposedly witnessed by 1,300 soldiers. 
And we should point out that, like Vasquez, Norton used hypnotherapy to recover his memories. So it's not like his testimony is any more reliable. That's fair. But in the interest of pursuing this theory even further, let's assume both men are recalling the truth about what happened that night. According to Vasquez and Norton, they suffered from memory loss upon returning to Earth, which might have been inflicted by their alien abductors. Or perhaps something else was to blame for their amnesia and the fact that none of the other soldiers have stepped forward. Maybe the troops' minds weren't just probed by aliens. According to Vasquez, a week after the incident, a strange female psychiatrist arrived at the base and interviewed the soldiers. Perhaps this doctor was the military's answer to the recent alien invasion. To keep the whole thing a secret, the Pentagon ordered a base-wide brainwashing program. Next, Vasquez falls victim to psychological manipulation. Hi, listeners. Here's a show I think you'll enjoy. When it comes to love, every story is unique. Some play out like fairy tales, seemingly meant to be. Others defy the odds to achieve happily ever after. In Our Love Story, the new Spotify original from ParCast, you'll discover the many pathways to love as told by the actual couples who found them. Every Tuesday, Our Love Story celebrates the ups, downs, and pivotal moments that turn complete strangers into perfect pairs. Each episode offers an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Whether it's a chance encounter, a former friendship, or even a former enemy, our love story proves that love can begin and blossom in the most unexpected ways. Follow Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, back to the story. After a possible alien attack at Fort Benning, Georgia, 1977, John Vasquez and Command Sergeant James Norton were the only men out of an alleged 1,300 witnesses to remember the event. Years later, these two men underwent hypnosis to retrieve their repressed memories, and Vasquez believed a mysterious military psychologist may have helped to bury these memories in the first place. Under hypnosis, Vasquez recalled an incident in which the psychiatrist cornered and drugged him. She roughly interrogated him about what he'd witnessed aboard the spaceship. Then, she hypnotized him, implanting subconscious directives to forget everything he'd seen. It sounds far-fetched, but in 1977, America's highest agencies had already used their power and influence to experiment on unsuspecting citizens. Two decades earlier, in 1953, the Central Intelligence Agency commissioned a program to test the effects of brainwashing. They non-consensually hypnotized, abused, drugged, and isolated human test subjects. Their goal was to design a foolproof interrogation technique to use on Soviet prisoners. Internally, they called it the Mind Control Program. 
but its official name was Project MK Ultra. One of the tactics MK Ultra experimented with was the use of hypnosis to induce retrograde amnesia. Those who experience retrograde amnesia cannot remember anything from before their memory loss began. This sounds like the sort of tool the government could have used to cover up suspicious events at Fort Benning. Though the CIA scrapped MK Ultra four years earlier in 1973, the government might have deployed what it learned to control and possibly erase the Fort Benning soldiers' minds. Still, the U.S. created MKUltra in response to the Cold War. They intended to use it against Russian intelligence, not Americans. The idea of them weaponizing this information on their own troops is hard to believe. Even so, Fort Benning might have seemed like the most pertinent place to utilize their amnesia-inducing capabilities. 1,300 soldiers is a lot of people to trust with knowledge of an alien abduction. And considering the military's frequent collaboration with the CIA, they could have easily borrowed some brainwashing tactics to make sure no one ever squealed. If that's the case, perhaps the mysterious female psychiatrist was a former agent of MKUltra. According to Vasquez's account, she pulled random men into her office and subjected them to intense interrogation. When they left hours later in a drug-induced haze, they were missing their memories. Vasquez claims he was sedated, questioned, and hypnotized by this government analyst. From that time onward, the events of the summer were a mystery to him. While Vasquez theorized his memory loss began in the aftermath of the attack, it would be difficult for him to prove whether his amnesia came from the aliens or the psychologist. The U.S. government may have actually been to blame for his neurological issues. But was the government really capable of eliminating the memories of 1,300 soldiers? While psychological researchers have made great strides in reducing the impact of past traumas, memory is still a complex and uncontrollable function of the brain. Though the U.S. was undoubtedly capable of tampering with innocent minds, retroactively removing memory is an inexact science. Still, it would have been a priority for the government to suppress any scandal from its military bases. The country was in the midst of the Cold War. Arguably, they couldn't risk reports of military weakness getting back to the Soviets. But by the same token, the CIA couldn't risk reports of any new psychological experimentation. Especially after their illegal actions during Project MKUltra went public just two years earlier in 1975, causing an uproar. For me, it comes down to the lack of hard evidence. It's impossible to say whether aliens truly did touch down at Fort Benning. And with no official documentation or other witnesses, this story seems unlikely. Still, Norton and Vasquez's testimonies are compelling, and the American government's complicated relationship with mind control proves they could have had the motive and the means to sweep an alien invasion under the rug. Even so, the battles Vasquez and Norton described would have left behind some physical evidence. 
But besides Norton's alleged metal piece, no other debris exists, and we don't even know if that ever truly existed. Also, out of 1,300 soldiers, none of the others have come forward to support this tale. For that reason, I'm giving this theory a 2 out of 10. I have a bit more faith in Vasquez's and Norton's reports, and with the military's penchant for psychological experiments, I think it's possible that the rest of the soldiers are still suffering from government-induced amnesia, which is why they've never come forward. So I'm giving this theory a 3 out of 10. Whether or not there was an alien attack, both Vasquez and Norton still agreed that the government tried to interfere with their minds. But maybe, instead of removing memories, they were attempting to implant them. Well, this brings us to our second conspiracy theory. There was never an alien invasion. Instead, the military prepared the infantry for battle by psychologically inserting fake recollections into their heads. For 12 years, Vasquez remembered only confusing flashes of his time at Fort Benning. They were so persistent that he finally sought out hypnosis to get to the bottom of them. But maybe those recollections were difficult to shake because they weren't normal memories at all. Like the dream of his squad mates' blurred faces, Vasquez's horrific nightmares might have been the shoddy remnants of implanted memories. Vasquez underwent hypnosis in 1989, and by the mid-1990s, a psychologist named Dr. Elizabeth Loftus was already proving that false memory inception was, in fact, possible. Unlike the CIA, Loftus didn't intend to create or use her techniques for world domination. Her research actually began as a court defense for those wrongly accused of crimes. In her study for the U.S. Department of Transportation, Loftus noted that witnesses would alter their descriptions of a car accident depending on the words their interviewer used. This was proven by her own interviews with the witnesses. By using terms like smash instead of hit, Loftus encouraged participants to remember broken glass at the scene of a crash, even if there hadn't been. Based on her findings, Loftus insisted that certain interrogation techniques may unfairly affect a person's memory. This could cause witnesses to give false testimony or defendants to misrepresent their actions. Later in her career, Loftus experimented with how fake recollections could affect a person's future behavior. In one study, she told her subjects that they had gotten sick as a child after eating strawberry ice cream. Whether this was actually true or not, 40% of the participants expressed a lessened desire and intention to eat strawberry ice cream after hearing her story. Loftus succeeded at what the CIA set out to do with Project MKUltra, alter a person's behavior by modifying their memories. Through her work, it was clear that MKUltra's goals were achievable. So the real question is, did the government figure this out themselves? And if so, when? Perhaps by 1977, the Pentagon could not only erase memories, but also create them. Maybe they used Fort Benning as a testing ground for a new type of psychological warfare. So picture this. In the summer of 1977, 
the military spent weeks psychologically implanting, then erasing memories from soldiers' minds. They could have been attempting to establish automatic combat responses in the recruits by implanting false memories of an alien invasion. This subconscious programming could help them become better fighters in real life. Considering this experiment would have still been in its trial phase, maybe not everything went according to plan. Officials might have botched the hypnosis portion and left Vasquez and Norton with partial memories. Even the witnesses have considered this possibility. When questioned about their newfound memories, Vasquez and Norton have admitted they are unsure if their recollections are even real. Though both men feel certain that something traumatic happened to them at Fort Benning, they can't identify what it was. To get to the bottom of it all, John Vasquez turned to the military. He mailed in requests, made phone calls, and arranged meetings with senior officials. Vasquez tracked down every lead that might confirm psychological testing happened at Fort Benning. If there was any evidence, he was determined to find it. But what he didn't realize was that rather than trying to find what was there, he should have been looking at what was missing. Of course, Vasquez wouldn't find any official records of an alien attack or an experiment. The military wouldn't want anyone to see that information. So any reports from that time would be heavily classified. That is, if someone hadn't destroyed them. However, in 1997, Vasquez discovered a compelling inconsistency in the military records. On September 27, 1977, just weeks after the incident, the local newspaper, the Columbus Ledger, published an article. It reported that the military had performed a joint attack weapons system test at Fort Benning. Vasquez had been researching what happened that September for nine years at this point, and in all the previous military records, he'd seen nothing about a JAWS test scheduled that month. Perhaps this test was a cover, when in reality, it was a trial to test the combat responses of soldiers using newly implanted memories. But without further documentation, it's hard to tell if that's the truth. The test could have also been exactly what it said it was, a routine exam of the base's weapon system. Either way, Vasquez thought this was proof that the military had buried internal reports about the JAWS test. And if they'd censored that, perhaps they'd also censored other records from Fort Benning. Sure enough, Vasquez found it difficult to locate files on his own squad, the Delta Company, 1st Battalion, 1st Infantry. When he requested his personal military data, the National Personnel Records Center in St. Louis told him they had no documentation of a John Vasquez at Fort Benning. In fact, they had no records of a Delta company at all. Vasquez believed this was proof that someone had intentionally hidden information about Fort Benning. Maybe what they wanted to bury were the experiments performed on Delta Company. In the aftermath of MKUltra, the CIA destroyed all their records of the program. Perhaps the same thing happened at Fort Benning. This also explains the other missing reports of the JAWS test. As we said, 
Perhaps this was a cover story for a mind-control trial. The military would want to strike it and the entire battalion from their records. At the time of this event, the U.S. was not only fully capable, but also highly motivated to perform psychological tests on its military. Maybe there aren't other witnesses who recall something happening at Fort Benning because the experimentation was largely successful. Vasquez and Norton are simply anomalies. For some reason, the brainwashing didn't take. Unfortunately, there's not enough evidence to prove this theory. While the JAWS test and Delta Company's missing records feel significant, they don't necessarily affirm anything other than bad bookkeeping. Files can easily become lost or get accidentally destroyed. And it is hard to ignore that there are no other witnesses that have stepped forward, not just from Delta Company, but from the entire base. Perhaps the brainwashing worked for the other 12,998 men at Fort Benning in 1977. Or maybe there was nothing to witness. History has proven that the U.S. government has orchestrated extensive mind control experiments before. However, the lack of testimonies and hard evidence prevent this theory from being wholly plausible. So, for that reason, I'm going to give this theory a 5 out of 10. The missing records for the JAWS test and the Delta Company is unsettling to me. I'm convinced something is being covered up, so I'm going to give this theory a 6 out of 10. It certainly feels possible that a military memory experiment took place at Fort Benning. But there is a third, more practical explanation for the strange events Vasquez and Norton recalled. Vasquez stumbled upon it while pouring through government records. Perhaps the real culprit was not an alien invasion or a psychological test. Instead, it was a disease. Up next, Vasquez investigates whether the real incident at Fort Benning was actually a viral outbreak. Now, back to the story. When John Vasquez and James Norton first went public with their alien abduction stories, they both described similar things. They saw bright, roving balls of light, men paralyzed in the field, and laboratories aboard an alien ship. Perhaps all of these memories were implanted by government officials meant to provoke a combat response. But the military brainwashing theory doesn't account for one thing. The physical symptoms that both Vasquez and Norton reported following their alleged abduction. This brings us to our third and final theory. The incident at Fort Benning wasn't an alien invasion or an MKUltra-style psychological experiment. Instead, an outbreak of measles caused Vasquez and Norton to hallucinate an attack. According to Vasquez, many soldiers suffered from nausea, aches, fever, and vomiting after the supposed invasion. Over the next few days, their symptoms worsened. First, their fevers climbed to debilitating temperatures. The men began to break out in red, splotchy rashes. Vasquez remembered many members of Delta Company going to the hospital. At the time, Vasquez didn't know what to think. He'd already forgotten about the alien invasion, so he wasn't sure what was afflicting the recruits. 
But when he dug for military records in 1997, Vasquez found something that could explain both the illness and the alien invasion. He discovered a newspaper article about a measles outbreak on the base. The Columbus Ledger published a piece on September 27, 1977, that reported all the six soldiers were members of the 1st Battalion, Vasquez's squad. Vasquez was confused. The article was from the right time, in September 1977, but he had no memory of anyone at the base having measles, let alone his battalion. So he looked for more information about the supposed epidemic, and although he never got official confirmation for the outbreak, he did uncover a strange detail. When Vasquez reached out to the Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Maryland, they told him that they had no records of any measles infections at Fort Benning in 1977. But they did note that 1977 was the first year the Army ever vaccinated its troops for the disease. If there really was a measles outbreak and the Army had already inoculated its soldiers, Revealing this could cause a scandal. The measles vaccine was still controversial at the time. Many people were unsure of its safety. If anyone caught wind of the infections at Fort Benning, it could cause a backlash against the shot. Therefore, it was politically advantageous for the military that no official records remained to link the disease back to the vaccine. And the measles theory would explain the physical symptoms that both Vasquez and Norton recalled. In his book, Vasquez described how predatory balls of extraterrestrial light burned anyone they came into contact with. Many of the men touched by the orbs developed a strange irritation on their skin. Vasquez claimed they had red and yellow spots, similar to a measles rash. But the men's illness seemed a bit different. Though the rash and fever are trademark symptoms of measles, vomiting and nausea typically aren't. Additionally, the measles virus often leads to an ear infection or symptoms of the common cold, such as a stuffy nose and a cough. But no one in the battalion reported these issues. However, the infections may have been more severe than normal. In fact, All adults over the age of 20 are at a greater risk for complications from measles. The men may have been suffering more extreme consequences such as encephalitis or inflammation of the brain. This can cause hallucinations and also short-term amnesia. So here it is, a rational, plausible explanation for Vasquez's experience at Fort Benning. He and the other members of the 1st Battalion developed measles from a faulty vaccine. They suffered from rashes and fevers, and Vasquez even had such a bad case that he hallucinated an extraterrestrial attack. Amnesia from the infection caused him to forget most of these visions until years later, when a psychiatrist helped him uncover them via hypnosis. He believed that those memories, rather than being fever dreams from a rough bout of measles, were actually recollections of an alien invasion. Case closed. Well, not exactly. For this theory to work, it would require the soldiers to actually contract the disease. However, this is highly unlikely. 
The measles vaccine has been proven to be one of the most effective ones ever made. By the late 70s, the treatment had already been mass distributed for nearly two decades. Even though some people still harbored doubts, it had long since proven its safety and efficacy. Therefore, it's almost impossible that the troops would have suffered an outbreak after being vaccinated. True. And even if Vasquez and his battalion did somehow contract the virus, Norton couldn't have. He led a different squad, so he would have rarely been in contact with Delta Company. And the only article we have describing the outbreak claims that all cases were isolated to the 1st Battalion. That brings up another hole in this theory. There's only one newspaper that suggested a measles infection spread on the base. No other sources and no military records supported this claim. With no outside confirmation, we can't assume measles were ever present at Fort Benning that year. And with vaccinations required across the company base, it would be nearly impossible for the men to contract it at all. And considering the highly contagious nature of the disease, it would have been impossible for the military to limit the outbreak to just the 1st Battalion of Delta Company. They also would have struggled to curb the resounding publicity. Not only would the disease have spread rapidly, but it would have been too widespread to cover up. Though this is the most practical theory, it unfortunately has too many holes to be plausible. Like, why wouldn't Vasquez and Norton have at least remembered having the measles, unless you believe that the government tried to brainwash their memories of the disease? And that's not to mention that none of the other Fort Benning soldiers have stepped forward to remind Vasquez and Norton about the summer they all contracted measles. In the end, I have to give this theory a 2 out of 10. I doubt there was a measles outbreak at all. I agree, it's pretty tenuous. Still, an article about the 1st Battalion contracting a disease in the exact same month as an alleged alien attack seems too coincidental to ignore, which is why I'm giving this theory a 3 out of 10. And perhaps, there's another explanation for the article about the measles outbreak. Some wonder if the military used a biological weapon on its own soldiers. Considering all the physical symptoms Vasquez and Norton remembered, Maybe they were the victims of medical testing. That is possible. However, this theory lacks the same thing as the others, evidence. With the only sources for it being missing files and anecdotal accounts, it's difficult to prove or disprove that any biomedical trials happened at Fort Benning. So between a measles outbreak, a psychological experiment, and a real-life extraterrestrial abduction, what actually happened in Georgia all those years ago? In the case of the alien invasion theory, even though we remain skeptical, it's hard to completely discount it. Today, people take stories of UFOs more seriously. In April 2020, the Department of Defense even released previously classified UFO videos to the public, confirming that they have information about these unknown vehicles. But any actual proof of aliens has so far remained deeply classified by the government. If they have any information that could corroborate Vasquez and Norton's memories, that's remained under wraps too. 
and it's difficult to rely solely on Norton and Vasquez's testimonies. Upon close examination, Vasquez's alien invasion story feels over the top and unconvincing. Seen only through his eyes, the UFOs, aliens, and military corruption feel self-indulgent and exaggerated. In his book, he consistently placed himself at the center of the narrative like an action hero. And though Norton's account is similar, we can easily conclude that Vasquez's book and interviews heavily informed it. As for the measles outbreak theory, this one sounds more convincing. However, beyond one single newspaper article, there's no physical or even anecdotal evidence that such an epidemic ever occurred. While measles-induced hallucinations and symptoms could explain Vasquez and Norton's stories, we simply don't have the proof. So if you ask us what scenario seems the most likely, we'll go with conspiracy theory number two, the military implanted memories in its soldiers. Because this theory inherently relies on secrecy, it's the easiest to believe. The very lack of evidence seems to bolster its credibility. Perhaps in 1977, the U.S. military pulled off the most successful widespread mass brainwashing in history. At least the most successful one any of us remember. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Isabella Menichello, with writing assistance by Ali Wicker, fact-checking by Haley Milliken, and research by Brad Klein and Brian Petrus. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. Remember to follow the newest Spotify original from ParCast, Our Love Story. Every Tuesday, catch an intimate glimpse inside a real-life romance, with couples recounting the highlights and hardships that define their love. Listen to Our Love Story free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.